Thank you for listening to the Servants of Christ Jesus podcast. Today's episode features Brother Thomas Gonzaga and Brother Peter Xavier sharing about name changes. To learn more about the Servants of Christ Jesus, please visit scjesus.org. Hi, and welcome to the Servants of Christ Jesus podcast. I'm Ed Lugo, the project manager for the Servants, and today I have the distinct pleasure of being joined again by Brother Peter Xavier and Brother Thomas Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Is that right? Gonzaga. Gonzaga. That's Perfect. Welcome also back. Xavier, not Xavier. <laughs> Did I say Xavier? I don't know. People just say that all the time. Uh, so yeah. just <laughs> you know, it's appropriate that you guys are talking about that because today we are talking about oh, name changes <laughs> and the servant's name changes. Anyways, welcome back to the servant's podcast. Thanks, Ed. Yeah. Great to be here. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Today's episode, I am excited to talk about because there's just a lot to unpack about name changes. You know, as most people who have any association with your community know, each servant at some point receives a new religious name, and we'll talk about when that that transition happens. But this is also just one of those curious aspects of Catholic religious life that a lot of people who are unfamiliar with it don't quite get it. It's kind of weird when you think about it. Like, you're going to join this community. They're going to give you a new name. So we kind of want to unpack some of that. So that's the goal of the podcast today. Um, anything you guys want to say before we jump in? Nope. All right, Let's perfect. Come on. <laughs> All right. So I guess to start off, if one of you, whoever is the most learned in this Brother subject, Peter. could uh, tell me, why do Catholics uh, even change their names? Like, why do they do this? Why not just keep your baptismal name and be Brother Edward Lugo instead of, you know, Brother so-and-so? So I would say firstly, um, everything that the servants do is inspired by the word of God itself. Um, there's a huge emphasis on preaching the word of God, remaining in the word of God, praying with the word of God. And that's where we take the inspiration from for religious name is that we see Abraham or Abram become Abraham, Sarai becomes Sarah, and then Simon becomes Peter. Something that I was actually praying about today is that there's this the thing that the lord was speaking to me was just in the emphasis on the catholic faith there's always like a physical sign that symbolizes an interior reality right so like i was thinking about in baptism right there's the use of water as a physical sign of purification to symbolize the interior reality that's going on with the soul and i feel like what the lord was kind of showing me for something that i even thought about for the first time i thought about it was today um is that the the name change isn't just it's not just like this physical um, symbol of me leaving my old life into a new life, but we really change our, our names because there's, there's an entire change of who we are in our identity and everything when we enter into religious life. Um, as St. Paul talks about, and Brother Thomas probably knows where it is, we're leaving behind the old man and putting on the new man. So do you know where that is? Uh, Colossians 3 and Ephesians 4, I think. There you go. Nice. Wow, man, on the spot. Good yeah. job. This always happens. He's kind of my Bible <laughs> dictionary. Yeah. Um, so if I'm correct, each servant so far has received the first name of an apostle. Is correct. that correct? Yes. And then a last name of one of the earlier followers of St. Ignatius. Well, it's not just one of the earlier followers. It's just an, uh, an Ignatian saint, a Jesuit saint. Okay. So, so um, if I'm correct, there's only 12 apostles, right? Well... 
That's a trick question, Ed. That's right. Because St. Matthias replaces Judas, so he's considered an apostle. And then Paul calls himself an apostle Mm -hmm. as he begins his letters. So in any case, you have like 14 names to work with for first names. What are you guys going to do? 13. What are you guys going to do when you run out of first names? At that point, we're just going to go through the scriptures and find other biblical names. So in the New Testament, there's names like Timothy and Titus. And then I think it'd be super cool if there was like a brother Jeremiah, brother Isaiah. Ooh, Old so Testament Old names. Testament, um, ap- uh, not apostles, prophets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know what happens after that. So you're not bound just because it's been tradition so far. There's not this, there's not going to be like, 17 brother thomases probably not but i don't know yeah what the superior would decide at that point okay so questions about your name specifically how did you guys end up with your names yeah so kind of the custom in our community is well one so i guess we haven't even talked about our formation like what that looks like throughout the community um, when you first join so when you first join you enter a um, period what's called renunciation so you are a renunciate where you are um, renouncing kind of what we already talked about the old man for the sake of the new man which the name is symbolizing and so as you're like moving through that season of renouncing whenever the superior deems fit normally within i think it's the first six months mm-hmm. of the community um, there will be a point where you move from renunciation into novitiate and novitiate is i don't know if this is like actually the case but what it kind of feels like is like for when you're a renunciant you're like I mean, they accepted you, but you're wearing this weird blue shirt and you're like, am I really part of the community? Everybody else is called brother. And here I am just with like my, my regular name. And then finally, like you enter into Vishit and it's like you take the, the religious name of brother, whatever, brother Peter Xavier, whatever it is. And how that process works is um, before, whenever you're accepted into Novitiate, uh, the superior will kind of, at, at least for me, this is how it worked. The superior um, offered a name that he had discerned both an apostle that he thought would be fitting to your prayer and also an Ignatian saint that would be fitting to your prayer. And then from there he says, I want you to take it to prayer and to discern it. And then from there, y'all kind of see what the spirit does and you're renamed. Um, what about you? My timing is a little bit different, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, so Father John sat down with me um, a couple of months leading into my entrance into Novitiate and he said, I have a name for you, uh, Thomas Gonzaga. And I obviously knew a lot about St. Thomas the Apostle um, because Thomas had been coming up um, in my prayer during my first year, and he had been kind of a source of inspiration for me. And then I had never heard of Aloysius Gonzaga before. Uh, Father John provided a biography for me to read, uh, but it was in the months preparing for my entrance in Novitia that Father John gave me the name Thomas Gonzaga. But Jesus himself had called me Thomas in my prayer mm. um, a couple months earlier. So it was very fitting, I wow. think. And I know for Father John and Father Paul, uh, when they were starting the community, Father Paul received a name from Father John and Thomas Yeager. Um, and then Father John received his name from Father Paul and Thomas Yeager. Uh, so. Now, do you know, Brother Peter, why... Uh your names were specifically chosen for you? Yeah, so during my first eight day, so another part of the spirituality of the servants is we make an annual personal eight day um, silent retreat um, using the spiritual exercises. And during that eight day, um, 
there was it was my first eight day in the community so i'm just kind of getting the ropes i'd never done an eight day before and in the midst of it um i think it was during a spiritual direction appointment um father john had proposed the name but my prayer leading up to the community was all with matthew 14 peter walking on the water mm. so when i entered into the community i kind of figured it was going to be brother peter because uh, I really didn't know what other name it would have been because literally every single time Jesus brought up the priesthood, it was always through St. Peter mm-hmm. and not only just through Matthew 14, but different um, scriptures as well. So I knew that half and there was one point during my eight day. So what we do during the eight day is the spiritual reading that's um, allowed by the exorcitant, which is the one that's making the exercises, um, is Ignatius proposes that you should read the lives of the saints. And so I was reading one by uh, Louis DeWall who writes novels that are about um, Catholic saints' lives. And they're really good. They're really awesome. And he has one called Settle a Fire that's about St. Francis Xavier. And it was the first time I had read the story. And I was really inspired by it. And there was one scene where Xavier is talking to Ignatius. And Xavier somehow is... They're, they're talking about like his forgetfulness or something like that, that he forgot one of the names of the brothers or something like that. And that conversation literally mimicked a conversation I had with Father John Ignatius that morning. <laughs> and so I'm reading this book in silence. And when you're in silence, you kind of like go a little crazy sometimes. So I just started laughing out loud when I read it. And I immediately just went to the Lord and I was like, this is like awesome that it's kind of like a comparison here. And the Lord immediately just proposed. He just said, will you be Peter Xavier? And so I went to the chapel and prayed in Thanksgiving and received it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a few days later, Father John in our spiritual direction appointment said, I want you to pray about the name Brother Peter Xavier. And so I did. So you have some input. It's not like you have total control, but there's a discernment process. There's a, there's a discernment process after it's offered. I think for both of our cases, Jesus kind of took the initiative and showed us at least part of our name, if not our whole name, um, before we talked to our superior about it. Because um, for me, I didn't even know when Novitia was coming. But really, it's through trusting and obedience to the superior's will, which is God's will for your life, um, that whatever name he proposes, that then you'll pray with. So it's not like we submit three names or anything like that. He gives us a name, we ask the Holy Spirit, is this what you want from me? And then he confirms. Yeah. I just have one question for you, brother. Um, you mentioned at the beginning how receiving a new name is something that the Lord is trying to do in changing our identity. When you got the name Peter and Xavier, do you feel like you went through a change in your identity in any way? I think it's a humbling reminder every single time I talk to somebody, I introduce myself to somebody, and they say, you know, hi, my name is Mark, you know, and my name is brother peter xavier it, it, there's a reminder every single time that i say my name now i mean i'm more used to it now but when you first get your name it is so weird trying to i mean you're shifting something you've literally said to like it's like one of the first things you learn my name is blank you know <laughs> and now this whole thing is just being thrown off and but but it's really beautiful how the lord uses that because i'm having to willfully recall that jesus has renamed me peter mm. and has renamed me francis xavier I wouldn't say Francis Xavier has taken its full fruit yet. I think the mm-hmm. Lord has spoken into that, but I think there's a lot more there for my life. Um, but one of the beautiful things is every time that I read the Gospels now, um, or even Peter's letters, there is there's like this, 
there's a relatability that wasn't there before. Mm. And I didn't even notice it before. I, I could have read um, St. Peter's denial. I could have read St. Peter's, his own name change um, when he's humbly falling before the face or he humbly falls on his face before Jesus twice, both in the boat as he's working these miracles. Depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man and on Mount Tabor, right? And he falls on his face in awe of God and wants to stay there. Those things were beautiful moments in scripture that it could bring conversion, like through Lexio and stuff. But now it's like, that's not just somebody else. Mm. Like I am Peter now. Mm. There's a reason the Lord picked for me, St. Peter. And so the Lord is constantly bringing conversion and speaking new things through whatever he says to Peter. And it's awesome whenever the Lord says exactly what he says to St. Peter to me in prayer, because there's just, there's a sense of confidence whenever I receive something like that. It's like, okay, that makes perfect sense. Now, how long did it take to get used to your new names? Like, people call you be like brother thomas brother thomas brother thomas <laughs> like it would take a minute to register <laughs> like wait that's me <laughs> no 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 it didn't take a long time <laughs> what what was that process like in terms of just getting used to introducing yourself as a as a new name and responding to a new name i mean you probably ask your wife the same question you know my sister-in-law is going through a similar dilemma right now because with the whole corona crisis she's a teacher from middle school and so she just got married in march they're online with school and she has a whole new name but her kids are only seeing her online and so not seeing her in person so she's like should i tell them i have a different yeah, yeah. name am i like you know yeah. there's there's this, this this shift but i mean it'd be awesome to talk to a bride right now and like see yeah. what is it like for you to take on your husband's name to know like there's this shift in family life. There's this shift in even kind of identity too, of like you go from not being the bride to a human to being bride to a human, to being one flesh, to being like this, this new union. Um, and maybe there's some correlation there with the Lord that I haven't thought about yet, but mm. I would say it's, a, it's probably a similar experience in some senses. Yeah, I mean, the hardest thing for me was getting used to telling people um, when I when it, when it wasn't intentional. So I remember I went to Chick-fil-A and they're very good at Chick-fil-A about asking yeah, yeah, yeah. who's the order for, yeah. right? And I said my baptismal name and I was like, oh my gosh, no, that's not right. And they were like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, mean, it's, I mean, it's fine. Uh, I don't even remember if I said all that, but that's went through my head, you know? I'm so glad you said that. That literally is so weird. Fast food places, yeah. it's the hardest time to say your religious name. Yeah. And I don't know why, but like you're in the moment and they're like, what's your name? And you're like, <laughs> I had like the same experience every single time again. Because your guys' legal names haven't changed yet. So your IDs right. still have your baptismal yep. names. Has that ever happened where like, someone asks your name <laughs> and then they take look at your id and they're because like on plane tickets you have your baptismal Bingo. name so like has that happened with you guys kind of mm -hmm. because i've had a lot of trips to the doctor recently for some things and one time i left a message for the triage nurse with my phone number to call me back and the triage nurse called me back and she was looking for me by, by, by my baptismal name, but my voicemail says Brother Thomas. And so she couldn't even leave the information that I needed because she's like, I don't know if this is the right person. So give me a call back. And so normally now to be like, it's okay. I have Brother Thomas. It's my religious name. And they, hopefully that can lead to a conversation of what's her religious name, you know, so. Yeah, there's been, I think there's been at least one occurrence of, 
sitting on a plane and you introduce yourself to the person next to you. I don't know if you noticed, but sometimes people like the flight attendants will like walk up and down the aisles, like either checking seats or upgrading people. And a flight attendant asked me a question using my baptismal name. And I was like, in this really awkward situation because you I just, just, said, just to told you. the guy next to me, I'm Brother Peter Xavier. So it's like, He's okay, like, well, what do we do now? You know, how do we move from here? Are you a secret agent? <laughs> that's ex- Yes, that's exactly what it's like. You know, the heist is up or something like that's that. Right. Yeah. Now, uh, I have to believe that there's a ton of emotion surrounding this on the part mm. of friends and family. And I, you know, I think it's important to get into this. Uh, mm. So I want to handle it sensitively, obviously, but but yeah, I have to imagine that there's a ton of emotion on the part of friends and family when your names change, especially, you know, your parents. Like for me, I mean, I named my children and uh, I'm not like opposed to the thought of their name changing later on in life, but, but there is a, like a significance and a weight on the part of a parent who names their child. Was that the case for you guys? How did friends and family react to the idea of, of your name changing anytime that there's a change in somebody's life um they're not the only one changing Mm. they're not the only one going through that change no matter what it is Mm -hmm. if a dad gets a new job the whole family's affected if especially if that job's halfway across the country it's like okay well now we have to move and like y'all aren't gonna be able to go to the same skill school skill school y'all aren't gonna be able to have like the same friends you had you know and i think there's many families who know know that struggle but i mean that's just one of many cases and so i would say in the same light um when we're called to religious life it doesn't just have an effect on me and my life and the sacrifices that i have to make and the gifts that i receive but there's also other people that are receiving gifts but also making sacrifices along with me and so one of the many shifts that that happens is um, we take on this new name and I think it's, it's been, um, my family still will like sometimes accidentally say my baptismal name and my friends still will accidentally say my baptismal name. And, um, I just feel so loved when I see my family stretch themselves to say my baptism or my, my religious name. I feel so loved when I see my friends. There's one friend, um, who I have who she, always can't say my religious name and immediately she'll like she immediately like will just like say my baptismal name and then it's like oh oh no no like visibly she freaks out you know it's like i'm so sorry brother peter i am so seriously i'm so this is a huge deal like we're like and i'm like okay you're good like calm down but in that there's um there's love right she wants to respect what jesus has done in my life because ultimately it's my religious name brother thomas's religious name it's not really about us, right? When we, and it's kind of how we start out this podcast. It's like Abraham is renamed because he gets a new mission. Peter is renamed because he gets a new mission. And it's not about Peter. It's about the mission that the Lord has for him. And so when the Lord is renaming me, it's because there's, a, there's an intended purpose behind that name that I think every religious has to discover throughout their life of, yeah, maybe I know that the Lord is calling me to be Peter, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I fully know why. And so when I see somebody in my family or my friends like have such respect for that and honor for the Lord in that, um, it's beautiful. It's beautiful that a simple name change can create that space of reverence, not just for myself, but for other people, for what the Lord wants to do in my life. I don't know if you've had a similar experience, Brother Thomas. Yeah, no, I've had similar experiences. I really liked what you said, though, about um, 
how you feel very loved when your family and your friends stretch themselves. Um, I feel that same way. I do understand, though, just how difficult it must be, especially for parents uh, who have chosen this name for you. And for 20-something years, they've known you as that. Um, And so to receive this new identity, perhaps it could feel like you're trying to distance yourself from them, when in reality, I'm just trying to go closer and closer to the Lord and live into that identity. And so there's a lot of patience and understanding in my heart like when my grandma or something says like (laughs) i'm not going to call you brother thomas right and i i totally get that i understand that but how do i choose to identify myself Mm. and so i want to choose to identify myself with with what jesus has said with what jesus has called me so i'm going to say hey it's brother thomas right um because that is the identity that i'm living into i'm living into what the Father has said, I'm living into God, who is the truth. What he declares, that's what I choose to live my life in accordance with. And that can be very difficult um, for parents. And it's not that I don't love my parents, but I have to love them in and through God and what he has said. Yeah. And so that's why I choose to yeah, really have patience and love. And, and I really like it, yeah, when friends and family lean into what the Lord has said, because then I know, then I know they're behind me and they're behind what Jesus has done. And that's, that's what I want. Every, I want everyone to be behind Jesus. And I, I think too, in the same way that there, there is the reality is there's the old man of our lives. And Jesus like encounters this same experience in, is it, uh oh no john where he returns to his hometown and he can't work miracles there john i don't remember either in the gospel of john um jesus returns to his hometown right and he's like wanting to do all of these miracles and um the people who are familiar with him growing up they see like the old man and that actually hinders from what the lord wants to do um but at the same time, like in our lives, people know where we've come from. And like my college friends and my family, they've seen my weakness a lot. Mm. And so in the same way that I can read St. Peter now and have this new relation to it, I believe that the Lord can see like my own weakness, my own fallenness, and that he could still call somebody like me out into religious life and like see St. Peter like in and through that or see like Thomas and like his relationship of doubting or whatever it is, whenever your family have seen you doubt with that, whatever it is, there's like, there's even a great, there's an opportunity, there's an invitation for a personal relationship with the scriptures too, through the Lord renaming us, if yeah. that makes sense. I don't yeah, know if that yeah, makes sense. Absolutely. No, I, I mean, I totally get it. And, and I think that when it comes to friends and family who are close, there's this really hard detachment that yeah. you're such a good in their life and, and knowing that they kind of have to detach themselves, not only just from you, but also from, from even knowing you before and your name before. I mean, there's a lot, I have a lot of empathy for that. And my kids are so young, but just, just the thought of like their name changing in the future that's a that's a profound sense of of detachment from from like the the child that you knew yeah. you know and that's a great thing it's a beautiful thing in the long run but it i mean detachment's never easy especially when it's like such a good in your life you know yeah and I, that's yeah I, I think there needs to be uh empathy there is it's human it's beautiful it's normal like if there isn't empathy there it's like why don't you why aren't you feeling that emotion that sentiment you know and something that actually struck me this past um triduum was 
in watching The Passion. Again, I, we watch The Passion. We have the option to watch The Passion before we go into silence for our triduum, um, which we do every year. And the one scene that I think profoundly impacted me the most, and I think really hits on this with the like the relationship between letting the son like move forward in the Lord's will, but also like still having those memories and that personal attachment is when there's this beautiful scene when Mary sees Jesus fall. I don't know if you remember this scene, but this scene like hit me so hard this time where literally Mary is sitting on the steps. She knows he's coming and there's this immediate flashback to where Jesus is falling as this little toddler and the mother's heart just breaks, right? Like she runs after Jesus, picks him up in in her arms and then it's immediately flash forward back to the present time where Jesus is falling with the cross. Like what was going on in the heart of the blessed mother during that time? I'm not sure, but I think a lot of family and friends can understand in the sense of, I know him in his old life, Mm -hmm. and now he's doing something that is so mysterious, mysterious to us, like totally mysterious to us, but like just so mysterious from the outside, so foreign to the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus bearing the cross for the sake of everyone's sins, that's not... That's not rational on hum- any human level. And I don't think the po- poverty, chastity, and obedience, taking a new religious name, are rational on any human level. Um, but yet the Blessed Mother still runs mm-hmm. to the Son and still like embraces Him. And there's this compassion and love and empathy that you were talking about yeah. that I think Mary understands better than anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Now, just to close, I guess the last question is, what would you guys say has been the greatest grace of receiving a new name? I think for me, there's a grace of intimacy with Jesus. And Brother Peter spoke about this a little bit when he was talking about now whenever I read Peter, there's like a relatability in the Gospels. But because the Lord called me Thomas, and this is unique, going on a tangent, this is unique to our community. Go with it, brother. (laughs) This is unique because some communities will propose names that they, the the novice comes yep. up with and i remember you know when i was a, when i was not a novice yet and i was still like preparing to get a name i was like well i would love to be called this i'd love to be called this you know i was coming up with ideas in my mind of what i would like to be called but because jesus called me thomas gonzaga now when the lord says my name in prayer there's a i know it I don't know how to describe it. There's just a lot of, I, I, can, I can hear the Lord's love for me in my name when he says Thomas and then he follows it with something. Um, don't be afraid or whatever, whatever, whatever the Lord needs to say to me that day. And so just as I can say the name of Jesus with love, um, so too the Lord can say my name with love. And as a husband or wife might say, the name of their spouse with love, just saying that name can communicate so much. Mm. And so when the Lord calls me by my name, there's a great grace in knowing that that is what he has called me. And I think in Revelation, it speaks of that they, the saints in heaven will have a name that only um, God knows and that they know and that he has given to them. And so when the Lord says any of our names, there's a degree of closeness and even more so because it's a new name that he's given us and i think what's yeah and i think that my thought is on a very similar line father james today preached daily mass for us and i think it's very um providential that we're talking about this after his homily today and the thing that stood out to me most about his homily was that we're chosen we are chosen by god and 
I, what you just said reminded me of something that I was reflecting on earlier again um, about the names, um, that not every community takes a religious name mm-hmm. and not every community, the superior proposes the name. You know, some communities, they um, submit names and op- options and different things. And it's really interesting to think about how the holiness of Elijah, I mean, he's still incredibly, like, am- amazingly, the miracles that Elijah works, it's, it's profound, right? Um, but there's only, like you said, there's three people in the scriptures that like explicitly have their name changed by God. So there's like this set apartness, but even more so there's like this degree that the Lord kind of builds upon of like how much he's inviting us to be set apart. Mm. And by us having a name proposed through the will of the superior, which is the will of God for our life, there's, there's this distinct um, identity of being chosen. And I think that's important for every Christian and father James question today was how often do you go back to um, when was I chosen? Mm. Like, what are those meditations where God chose me, where he claimed me? What are those holy hours where God really chose me? Those experiences, adoration, where I just felt known by the Lord, where he called me by name um, and welcomed me. Because yeah, what brother Thomas saying is so true that there's, there's so much hidden within a name. Yeah. There's so much because the Lord has revealed so much about the name to us. Well, thank you guys very much for joining me, uh, and thank you for explaining the name changes that take place in the servants of Christ Jesus. Uh, I learned things this episode that I didn't know before, so thank you. Next week on the podcast, I will be joined by someone who will be making his debut on the Servants of Christ Jesus podcast, Brother Andrew Braybuff, as he and Brother Thomas sit down and share about the 30-day silent spiritual exercises. As always, you can learn more about the Servants of Christ Jesus, and you can find podcast episodes as well as homilies and talks from the servants at scjesus.org. Thank you, Brother Thomas and Brother Peter, for joining me. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Ed.